Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. I'm Ashton Keenan and I'm the host and it's just me today. I'm sorry, I know that's probably a massive disappointment to everybody but it is just me and I have I have a couple of things, I co- like housekeeping to get out of the way first, then I have a really funny story I want to tell you. And then I have some Agony Ant style kind of questions and actually I was thinking earlier that agony ant like that phrase agony ant like I mean could it not be you know cautiously concerned cousin or something like because agony is a very strong word why is it always your auntie like oops something shit happened uncle like what you know agony seems very dramatic although let's not belittle anybody else's problems um and I love reading agony ant things so I'm I'm buzzing to do I have uh I've three I've got one that's kind of a long distance where to settle kind of problem from uh, from someone. Then I have one that has been on four dates with someone. I have to I'll have to read back. I just have my notes here. And basically um, she feels worthless and confused by his actions, uh, which is not good after four dates. And then the third one is a, a question relate relating to the issue of not drinking in a relationship, which obviously I have some experience with, given that I am a teetotal person and my partner drinks. So um, first of all, I want to say anyone who subscribes on Patreon, thank you so much. I'm absolutely loving creating content over there. I just did, I put up a post because it's a mix of things. It's not just uh, podcast episodes. I put up a post there the other day that was a typical day at work for me. Now, as a freelance journalist who makes podcasts and who does social media management and who writes and who writes stories and writes books well like secret books um as yet unpublished um I don't have a typical day so it's hard to say what a typical day for me is but I did kind of go through in general what I kind of get up to on a day-to-day basis there was a lot of emails um involved in the post but uh, I took some pictures as well of my desk and you know you know my kind of pile of receipts and uh, all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of content on Patreon if you're interested and you want to go over and have a look. Um, the address for that is www.patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Ashling M. Keenan if you're interested. Uh, you can subscribe from like $2 or $4 or $10. So, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, the next thing I want to say is there's a new podcast launching soon by uh, someone who follows me on Instagram called Emma Jane Purcell and or Purcell. I'm not ever sure how to pronounce that name, but I think it's Purcell and it's called Fail Harder. 
and Panty Bliss is her first guest. And I just said I'd give it a shout out because I firmly believe that everybody should, we should all be supporting each other in podcast world. So um, congratulations on the launch of Fail Harder, Emma. And I hope it goes really well. Uh, and the last thing before I tell you the hilarious story, well, I mean, I think it's hilarious. You you may not agree, um, is to say that Private Education Live um, happening on the 26th of March. If anyone's got their tickets, I love you. And I'm so excited. Like, I'm buzzed. Um, I'm going to have a second night because the first night sold out and I know there's there's a wait list and I know there's lots of people that still want to go. And in fairness, I started with a really small venue because I didn't want to be like, I'm just going to book out the the three arena and hope for the best. Excuse me. I just went for a really small venue just to see. And I also went for a venue in like North Dublin, which, you know, next time I'll do it in city centre. But I was just kind of testing the waters to see how it would go. Um, So I'm going to do a second night, which will actually be the 25th of March, Wednesday, the 25th of March. Um, And I will announce the guest who's amazing, a reality TV star. Um, I will announce the guest on Private Education on Instagram, which is at Private Education Podcast. Um, and I'll put the tickets on sale, I think, tomorrow or maybe on Monday. Because I know people are like getting paid and shit at the moment. Uh, not me, obviously, because nobody pays their freelancers. But I know a lot of other people get paid around this time. So hopefully if you couldn't make, because obviously like, what was I thinking putting the tickets on sale in January? Do you know what I mean? Like who has money in January? So now that it's almost February, um, maybe, yeah, we might be able to get some, um, get some tickets sold for the second night. Um, and then, okay, so now I'm going to talk, <laughs> I'm going to tell a story that, right, I'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine. Now I was there and I was involved in the story, but this is mostly, it's just, one of the funniest things that I've ever, ever heard. So, um, and it kind of relates to like relationships or, well, no, it doesn't. It re- relates to being chatted up in a bar. Um, and I haven't asked my friend permission to share this story, but I'm just going to use a different name. So I'm going to call her Mary and I'm going to call my other friend who was there, Jane, right? So Mary and Jane and I are out in a bar in Dublin 4 about oh, well, a few years ago. Anyway, and... Mary starts getting chatted up by this guy. So me and Jane are kind of observing this and we're thinking, oh, this is this is gas. Like, and not that it was gas, but like just seeing her being chatted up was kind of funny. And, you know, the guy was, um, the guy was South African. Now, before I move on with the story, I need to tell you all who Oscar Pistorius is. In case you don't know, I'm sure 99.9% of you know the name Oscar Pistorius, but he was the athlete. He has prosthetic limbs and he was accused of shooting his girlfriend to death while she was in their ensuite bathroom in the middle of the night and I don't I can't actually remember I don't think he was convicted maybe he was anyway I can't remember what the what the the upshot of that story was but Oscar Pistorius that's who he was and he was from South Africa okay so at the time it wasn't all it hadn't the story was still kind of topical so this South African guy starts chatting up Mary and she's over there having the chat with him and me and Jane started saying, I start, for whatever reason, I started calling him Oscar Mistorius, right? Like mystery man, but Oscar Pistorius. So Oscar Mistorius, I don't know. Look, that, that part is not funny. Just excuse me, but it's not. So we were like, how's Oscar Pistorius? So she comes, Mary comes back over and goes, how's Oscar? We were like, how's Oscar Pistorius getting on or Mistorius? And she was like, yeah, yeah, Grant. And I could see that she was kind of confused and I think she recognised the name, but was like, why are they, like, what, of what relevance? Why are you talking about? Anyway, she didn't really get it. I could see in her eyes. 
and it obviously just didn't occur to her. So we were having the crack, like and chatting about this guy and we were asking her, how's she getting on? And, you know, and she was like, yeah, he's really nice. And, you know, we're having good chats and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and are you going to go back over there? And she was like, yeah, I think I will. And my friend Jane was like, well, look, Mary, whatever you do, if you go home with him, just don't go in to the ensuite, right? So I started pissing myself laughing and I could see Mary and she was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could tell she she didn't get that she didn't put put two and two together and I went Mary you know why we're saying not to go in the ensuite don't you and she went well yeah obviously you can't shit in front of them because it ruins the romance (laughs) and when I say I had to be escorted from the pub because I was laughing so hard (laughs) So, so anyway thank you Mary and Jane for that wonderful memory um that is one of the funniest things like I obviously don't want to sit here pissing myself laughing for 10 minutes, but there's actual tears coming out of my eyes. Like I, anytime I think of that story, like, anyway, look, we'll move on um, and we'll go on to our Agony Ann style stories. So I'm going to get, I have them in my phone here. Um, I'm actually, I'm by myself in the studio because Cassie's gone downstairs and Scout is downstairs as well. And I just, I'm feeling a bit lonely. So thanks for keeping me company. Um, Okay, here we go. I'm sorry, I'm just, this is, this is, I'm trying to find, oh yeah, no, this is the one about the date. This is the one about the drinking. Oh, here we are. Here we go. Sorry, you guys. Okay. Here we are. Okay. So I'm not going to say the name of the person. I'll just read it. And she says, so I've been in a relationship for three years. He's from the UK and I moved there to be with him after one year of long distance. However... After two years there, I really felt like I wanted to move home to Ireland. Really miss my family and just Ireland in general. But he's in his dream job and doesn't want to leave. He won't be finished with this big project they're working on for another two to three years. So I decided to come home at Christmas for an extended time off to see how I feel being home for a while and whether it was a case of the grass being greener on the other side. We decided to take a break while I'm doing this. It has been so difficult and I really, really miss him. But I want to go and I want to go back. But I also love being home in Ireland and I hate that the whole relationship falls to me because he won't move right now and doesn't want to make a promise to move when he doesn't know exactly when the project will be complete. I have many family telling me I'm from a, oh, from a very simplistic point of view that if he doesn't move for me now, then I need to open my eyes because he should want to move at the drop of a hat. But I don't think it's that simple. And I don't know whether I need to do or whether I need to open my eyes or whether it's more complicated than that. If we stay together long distance, then where does it end up? If I want to settle here and if he wants to settle there, then it seems like what's the point, you know? And then one of these, you know, those little shrug the shoulder emojis. Yeah, there's a couple of those in there. I'm trying to weigh up how much I'm willing to give up seeing and being around family in order to be there. But it feels like he's not weighing anything up. He's just saying it's up to me because he can't leave right now. And then she says, sorry for the essay. It's a long story. Like that is a long story. But I mean, it's very complicated and I needed to know the nuance. So like, thanks for thanks for the long story. It, you know, you paint you paint a picture. Um, and I like I mean, the issue of where to settle is kind of what's hap- what's coming up here. And that's such a massive thing. Like if you happen to fall in love with someone, excuse me, I'm having some sniffles. If you happen to fall in love with someone who's from a different country, you know, and they're not happy to live in the country that you're from, 
that's a massive, massive, massive issue. And I know for me personally, if I had met someone who wasn't from Ireland or or even if I met someone who was from Ireland, but they weren't interested in living here necessarily, I would be really reluctant to... Uh, no, do you know what? I wouldn't even be reluctant. I just wouldn't move. I just, I want to live here and this is where I want to settle and, you know, have a home. And if I ever have children or, you know, all, all those kind of things, I've always envisaged that being... In Ireland, don't get me wrong, I love to travel and I would happily live somewhere else, maybe short term um, if an opportunity came up. But I really like Ireland and I it feels like home and I'm very, very family oriented. So I love being around my I have a really big family. and I love being around them all the time and seeing them all the time. And I don't know if a relationship like I don't know if I could continue a relationship where I knew my partner wasn't settled or wasn't happy to live in Ireland. And, you know, I've actually seen couples break up over that. Like there's, you know, there's some people that I know that have had that, they've, you know, they've been together for years and years and then they've come to a point where they're like, do you know what? We just want different things in the sense that one person wants to move to say, I don't know, whether it's London or whether it's New York or further afield. And then one person is like a homebird or or wants to stay in one place or settle down or buy a house or whatever it is. Um. And I think, you know, there's a part of me that thinks if neither of you are willing to compromise, then your priority isn't the relationship. Your priority is yourself, which I am all for, by the way. That's not a I'm not saying that like no shade. Your priority has to be yourself. And I've said it countless times on the podcast and I've said it countless times to my friends. You have to put yourself first because you only live once and, you know, you can't waste your time and not that it's a waste of time but you can't put a lot of time into something that's not making you happy ultimately and if your happiness you know is at home with your family and your friends and that's what that's what fulfills you you need a partner who's going to match that and you know something that I said before as well I actually said it in my wedding speech um and I actually I think I said it on an episode recently I really really feel like you know you can be with you can be happy with anybody you know you don't have to be very very similar to them you don't have to have really similar interests but something that's really important I think in my opinion is to feel the same way about the big things and when I say big things I mean things like where you would like to live long term or do you want children or you know how do you feel about I mean political issues you know or how do you feel what's your stance on abortion or what's your stance on you know like there's there's kind of big moral questions that sometimes come up and big things in life and I really do feel like the person that you spend your life with the person you choose to spend your life with you don't both have to like you know watching Sunday morning TV in bed like you don't both have to have those same same um, kind of hobbies or likes or dislikes it, it, those are trivial things but the big things the big picture things kind of you have to be a, at least a bit aligned and if you're not aligned you have to be willing to compromise and there doesn't seem to be a willingness to compromise from either side which in a way I kind of admire because it shows that you know what you want he seems to know what he wants and you know that's that's where you both stand now I know there's kind of nuance there as well because He's working on a project and they don't think they'll be finished for two or three years is what is what this person said. Now, 
my worry here, and I don't know, I don't know enough about the relationship, but I don't know enough about the man. I'm presuming it's a man. Yes, she says he. Um, I, um, my question would be, is this project just a kind of an excuse to stay where they are? Do you know what I mean? As in like, not an excuse. I'm sure the project is real. I'm not, I don't, I'm not claiming he's working on some kind of made up project, but in the sense that like, is he saying, well, you know, the project is still ongoing and blah, blah, blah. Like, is that a way of being like, please just stick with me for another couple of years. And then it gets to the point where like, is he just trying to wear you down till you're at a point where you're like, well, look, I'm settled here now. I might as well just stay. Um, Now, again, I'm, I'm totally being, I'm just guessing here. This, this might not be the case at all, but just look at that and look at kind of the, the, you know, the amount of, like, you know, you, you did say in the message there that he's not willing to make any promises about when you're going to go home or when you're going to move or whatever it is. You know, he obviously knows that this is massively, massively important to you and he's not willing to budge on it at the moment. And is he just stringing you along by saying, well, this project isn't finished for two or three years? Do you get what I'm saying? I hope that's clear. Um, there's then the issue as well of you know, if you decide to stay, like, so say you're like in the relationship and you're like, look, I'm going to make the compromise here. I'm going to do a thing that I don't necessarily want to do for the sake of my relationship. If you make the compromise and it's really, really something that you did not want to do at all, you have to be aware that there's going to be resentfulness there. So, and and potentially restlessness as well. So you, you might be in a country where, you're always trying to go home. You're always back and forth to Ireland. You're always, you know, let's go on holiday. Let's go here. Let's go there. You might be in a country where you just don't ever feel settled. You don't ever feel like it's home. And you have to weigh up whether that's something that you can do long term. And then there's also the issue of the resentfulness. So you might feel like, well, you know, as in this always happens in relationships, but arguments are brought up from the past. So what might you might find happen is in five years, if you make the decision to stay in the place that your partner wants to stay and you don't go home in five years, are you going to be like, at, you know, when you, whenever you have an argument about anything, you could be like, well, I stayed in this country for you. So you need to blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Are you going to not, not use it against your partner, but are you going to say, you know, are you going to always feel that kind of just nugget of discomfort about the decision you've made? Um, and if that's the case, I think that's that's a sign, at least. I'm not going to instruct you to break up, but I, I think if you think that you're always going to be a little bit of rese- a little bit resentful and there's always going to be that underlying kind of just regret, I, w- I will say, then it might be a thing of looking at making the break a longer term break and seeing how you feel. And I know... You did say that you're on a break while, you know, over Christmas, you came home for an extended time and you went on a break. You know, of course, you're going to miss him. Of course, you're going to still love him. Um, But it takes more than love. And that's a really hard thing to realize. But it it does. There's a lot of logistics and there's a lot of um, almost coincidence and almost kind of, you know, accidental convenience that goes into a relationship working like it, you know, 
it's not always straightforward and it's not always, yeah, we love each other and that's all that matters because that's not all that matters. And it's all that matters when you're like 17, right? And you have a holiday romance. Love is all that matters and uh, whatever. But it's not when you're an adult, really. And there's a lot more that goes into making a relationship work than just love. And you can love the person inside out and back the front and you still might not be able to make it work based on your overall happiness and, you know, like your big picture like life and where you want to be and what you want to do and you know I don't know if it's I don't know if it's crossed your mind about things like buying a house or having children or anything like that um and I don't want to be very like oh well society says that you should buy a house and have children because that's that's nonsense but you know if you're thinking of any of those things if those things are on your radar at all um you kind of have to weigh that up as well and be like look where do you want your children to be raised and where would you like to own property because those are you know, a child and a house are pretty much lifelong decisions in this at this stage of the game. And um, you have to be happy with where both of those things happen. And if you're not happy, the resentment could eat away at you. Now, it may not. You might be genuinely willing to make that compromise. And if you are fantastic and if you can discuss it and you think that your partner genuinely just is, you know, very settled and happy in their work and all that kind of stuff, you know, be, be, like make that compromise and, and stay where you are um, and also on the flip side of that think about if your partner made the compromise and moved for you how would they feel for the rest of their lives so you know you don't want to just be thinking about yourself you want to think about their happiness because it, like I said it takes more than love to make a relationship work and it actually takes two people to be separately happy before they can make each other happy so I kind of think if he moves over here and makes that compromise is he going to be resentful of you are you always going to feel a little bit guilty that you made him move you know there's all that kind of stuff that you have to weigh up and is he going to be truly happy here are you going to be truly happy there like there's no it's completely a gray area there's no black and white answer but it's definitely you know it's one of the kind of the big issues and if you can't come to an agreement or if you if in your gut you're like I can only live here and that's where I want to be then you just have to go with your gut and the relationship will succeed if you're both completely comfortable and relaxed in the decision that you make. But if you're not completely comfortable and relaxed, the likelihood is things could, over time, you know, things can just slowly kind of chip away. Those those sorts of decisions and those sorts of compromises can can chip away. Um, I feel like that was a bit of a, Uh, not a sad answer but like I feel like it was a bit of a downer of an answer but I think that's that's the way I would look at it anyway if it was me and and I was in that position I would look at my overall long-term goal and my overall long-term happiness and the happiness of my partner whether we're in a relationship or we aren't I would look at kind of our overall our I'd look at the big picture and I'd see um how we're both going to feel if we had to make such a massive massive compromise um okay so that's that one I'm going to move on to the one about the dates. I have it here. Okay, these are all in in mad order, so you'll just have to bear with me. Okay, here we go. Here's the first the first part of it. Um, and again, I keep these all anonymous. So if you ever want to send me a um a question in, send it to at Private Education Podcast on Instagram. That's the best place. That's the handiest place to get me because I'm always on my phone on Instagram. Okay, so this one says, "Hey, totally random." But I'm really struggling with a relationship issue and I wondered if you would have some advice. Apologies if this is completely inappropriate. It's not inappropriate, just so you know. 
I started seeing someone at the start of December. We've had four dates and things were going great. He is so affectionate, texts me every morning and night and we text every day. After our fourth date, in which he stayed at mine, and unfortunately we both got food poisoning, which I, I, I'm I, sorry, I did laugh at this part. I don't know why. It's not funny. Food poisoning is no joke. Um, Sorry, yeah, so uh, we both stayed at mine and unfortunately both got food poisoning. He said he needed space and that he isn't very good at relationships and that sometimes he needs space and he felt under pressure to please me that weekend. I apologised for him feeling like that and said that there is no pressure. He texted me a few days later and he said he wasn't binning me off, that he needed some space because he was in a bad mood. The next night I texted him and things were okay. He asked what I was doing the weekend and he said he wasn't doing anything. He was a bit standoffish. So I said that I felt a bit awkward that we used to be in close contact. And I feel, oh yeah, and I feel like I'm bothering him. I asked if he wanted to see me again because I didn't want to waste my time. He said he wanted to see me again but thought we got off to a super fast start and normally he isn't a big texter. I said, okay, but could you see for me how it's a bit confusing because we were getting on so well and texting every day and he said he didn't know what to say. That was last Thursday and I've heard nothing. I'm feeling so worthless and confused as we were getting on so well. Any advice? Um... Jesus, this is complicated. And actually, funnily, I kind of had a friend in a similar-ish situation recently enough. Not quite exactly the same, but similar. So my thing would be there. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Like my my very first thought and the first thing I wrote down in my notes was if you feel worthless and confused after four dates. Put your running shoes on and leg it because honestly, <laughs> worthless and confused are not things you should be feeling after four dates. You should be still in the exciting, you know, we're going on a date. I can't believe we're so mad about each other. Like I'm going to get to see him naked for the first time. Like you should be in that absolute buzz of 
a new romance after four dates, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying everything has to be perfect and like a movie because it rarely is, if ever. But, you know, you still should be in that. He, he, you know, after four dates, he should be on his best behavior. Like you are. I mean, you're probably being your most charming, funny, energetic self. And he's like, oh, look, I'm in a bad mood. And sorry, you know, my texts have been slow. Like, absolutely not. After four dates, having known him for a couple of months, you should still be, he should still be trying his hardest. If he's into you, of course, he should still be trying his hardest. He should be polite, getting back to you. Now, I'm not saying you should be, you need to be texting all day, every day. That's absolutely, and some people aren't big on texts. But for him to be like, I need some space and I'm in a bad mood, sorry. Like, you need some space after four dates. That's, that, like, alarm bells are kind of going off there. Um and it takes two to text also so if he's sending you loads of text messages and you're sending him back loads of text messages that's that's a two-way conversation and if he had four dates there was loads of room for him to be like look you know I wouldn't be a massive texter so if I don't get back to you don't worry about it it's just me that's just who I am but instead he let you get to a point where you felt felt excuse me both worthless and confused that's not good that's not what you want. Um, and I hate to say, I don't like the word should because, you know, only you know what you, only you know what you should do and what's right for you to do. But, you know, that isn't what relationships should start out like, really, I don't think. Um, and if if already you're incompatible in that way and if you're feeling, you know, like you've just been dropped like a hot snot because he's not texting anymore, the balance is obviously off there and you've only you know you've only been dating him for a little while and that's not to say that that feelings haven't crept in because I'm sure they have and it doesn't take long um for you to to realize that you you know that you really like someone it, it can happen really really quickly um but I just get the feeling that you're incompatible in a personality sense because I don't know, I, from the message that you've sent, I get the feeling like he maybe he's quite moody or like if he's saying on your fourth date that he needs space, he isn't very good at relationships and he felt under pressure to please you, which is the quote from the from this message. He said he needs some space and he felt under pressure to please me. If he feels under pressure to please you on the fourth date, like... I don't know. I just think that's a little bit early doors to be like, I'm under a load of pressure here. Like, I mean, come back to me in 20 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think it's a bit, it's a bit early to be saying, oh, I feel under such pressure. Now I'm presuming, I mean, God only knows, you could have been sitting there being like, okay, now fan me and feed me grapes. And can I please have a foot massage? And I would also like you to make my bed and throw on a wash there. Like you could have been, you know, absolutely bossing the living shit out of that man. I don't know. I'm going to guess that you weren't though, because I mean, you sound pretty normal. But unless you were legitimately bossing him around or instructing him, like were you, you could have, for all I know, been like, yeah, okay, just a little bit to the left there. Okay, one inch to the left. Nope, to the left, to the left, John. Do you know what left is? You know what I mean? You could have really been like <laughs> giving him a load of shit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to guess that you weren't. But that aside, he shouldn't feel under pressure to please you by the fourth date. Like, 
he should be willing and wanting to and happy to and you know needing space is one thing like I don't I don't know I just think I keep I keep going back to the thing of after four dates like unless the first three dates were like did you discuss marriage? Were you trying to get him to sign mortgage documents? You know, were you like, okay, and I have the names of our kids written down in a notebook, but I'd like you to see if you can just guess them. Like if you were laying it on factor 50, as they'd say in Love Island, then yes, I can understand why he might be like, ah, I need some space because you are terrifying. But I really like, I mean, I'm getting, I'm not getting a terrifying vibe from your message. I'm really not. So in this case, I think that he might be the one that needs to, uh, reassess and if he's still texting you and if you know you're saying that he's been a bit standoffish and that you felt a bit awkward because you used to be in close contact um, and like for someone to text you and be like look I'm not binning you off the fact that he has to even message and say that I feel is a little shitty as well I if this was a friend of mine what I would say is okay I would probably I would probably say, look, he's probably interested. He's probably just not very good at this whole thing. And, you know, if the texts are starting to slow down a bit, maybe he genuinely isn't a big texter. And maybe, you know, I don't know, I'd probably make some excuses. I'd probably be like, no, not all men are shit. And no, you know, this isn't a sign that he just isn't that into you. But I kind of feel like in this situation, it might just be a sign that he might not that not be that into you, unfortunately. And I'm very sorry to say that because that feels really, really harsh. Um, but it's it's probably what I would tell myself, and I'm sure you've told yourself that. Like you're probably sitting there going, "Yeah, he just he's not he's not into me. He got what he wanted. He got the few dates out of me, and now he's bored or whatever." It could be the case that he's just one of these people who's a bit of a serial dater. They go out with someone for a few days. They get the kind of they get that kind of initial hit of excitement and that initial compliments being thrown around. You know that thing where you're first dating someone and all, all it is is like exciting chat, you're getting to know each other. You all of a sudden think you're the most fascinating person in the world because this other person just has all these questions and it feels amazing. And that buzz of like that those early days where you know, you're made feel so special and everything that you say is, wow, oh my God, I can't believe that's your job or oh my God, I can't believe you go there to get your hair done. You know, like all these things, everything seems fascinating. Even the most mundane details sound fascinating to someone who you're just starting to date. And of course they want to be like, you know, they want to make you feel special. So they're going to be bowled over when you tell them that you actually get Premier Dairy's milk instead of having more milk. They're going to be like, whoa, you're such a pioneer. Oh my God. But, you know, it really, you should, I suppose that's what the start of a relationship should feel like. And if it's already gone into standoffishness and awkwardness and you feeling worthless and confused as you were getting on so well, it's probably best for you, for your mental health, just to back away. And I know, I, I mean, it's easier said than done, but try not feel worthless because there's absolutely you know, you talking to someone since December and going on dates with them and stuff, like getting all those really intense feelings and then for them to all be taken away really fast is a fast route to worthless. Of course it is, but absolutely does not mean that you're worthless. You are worth so much and somebody will see that at some point. Um, if that's what you want, obviously, you can be completely worthy of absolutely, you know, you don't need to have someone else think you're fantastic for you to feel 
um, worthy. Obviously, if you if you want to find someone and if you want to feel that kind of connection with someone, you're probably better off just taking a step back from this person. Now, I'm not saying you have to like delete his phone out your, or delete his number out of your phone and never speak to him again, but just take a step back, you know, have a go back onto Tinder or whatever app you you might have been on or go back out and you know start chatting to people and just put your focus elsewhere I'm not saying put your focus on somebody else but put your focus elsewhere and just let let whatever is naturally going to happen with that person happen the likelihood is they'll either there's one or two things are going to happen they'll either completely drop off the radar or they'll get back back in touch and be like, look, are we still going out or what's going on there? And either way, you'll know. Because if they get back in touch and they're like, hey, what's the story? Everything, blah, blah, blah. Then you'll be like, oh, they are actually interested. And things will be a little bit more balanced because things will be kind of more on your terms then. And then on the other side, if they just fall off the face of the planet, they fell off the face of the planet. And you don't ever need to deal with them again because they weren't the right person for you. And no matter what feeling that you might have had or no matter what feeling developed, if they aren't compatible with you and they're not willing to, you know, meet you halfway when it comes to, you know, contact and dates and chatting to you and not being standoffish and not being a dickhead, which is basically what he was being, then you're worth so much more than that. And you are, you know, value yourself enough to know that you deserve to, have whatever it is you need to have to make your relationship work um that was a very long-winded way of saying yeah just leave them off but I kind of I think I do you know what it strikes me as I sometimes joke that um you know the person that you get with has to have had their training before you get to them as in I know I had my training so I was in a a relationship for mm, like five four or five years um in my mid-20s and I feel like that's where I learned to be in a relationship do you know what I mean I feel like that's where I went through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs and the the incompatibilities and the you know we got on really well but then we really didn't and then you know we made big life decisions that didn't you know jive with each other's worldview and I kind of it was that was like my training for relationships that that got me to a place where I knew myself really well I knew what I wanted I also knew what I didn't want and then I went off and well became single first and then got back in touch with my person who's now my husband so when I got back into that relationship I was strong and I was confident and I knew what I wanted and I knew what I wouldn't accept and that that I actually think that that gave my husband a great framework for what he could and couldn't do in relation to me do you know what I mean? And I know that sounds very controlling, but I think he he had the same experience. He went off and he was with someone else for years and years. And I, I actually sometimes th- like want to thank her because she showed him how to be in a relationship, a long term relationship where you have mutual respect and you have, you know, differing goals and differing um life experiences and you know they have to come together and it's it's difficult so you don't always get it right the first time around or the second time around or the third time around but you know like you have to go off and have your training and what I feel like is I don't feel like that guy has had his training yet and whether that's just an age thing I don't know how old he is I don't know how old you are or whether it's it doesn't necessarily happen with age either you know someone who is 22 could be way more mature in a relationship than someone who's 42 it doesn't go by age I don't think um but yeah I just don't think that that guy is yeah he's not he's not 
he's not where he needs to be to be in a relationship put it that way and if that's what you were looking at or that's what you were looking for from him I think you're probably better off just taking a step back having a look at things looking at the big picture I love the big picture today don't I huge fan of the big picture um but yeah just take a step back and one way or the other you'll find out what his intentions are okay Next question and last question because again can't talk for much longer. Um, I hope this is not boring the absolute legs off you lads. Um, oh, I just um, I'm going in my my recent screenshots of my phone here and um, before I get on to the next question, there was a um, an article on Man Repeller this morning, manrepeller.com, and it was there are thirteen types of engagement announcements on Instagram. I counted, and it's by someone called. Amelia Diamond who of course there's someone called Amelia Diamond in the world and of course she's writing for Man Repeller about engagements and sometimes I feel like I should change my name to something more exotic because Ashton Keenan doesn't really you know it's not yeah it's just a bit regular it's a bit normal like I like my name and I'm not you know I didn't change it when I got married or anything I really like it but it just it's a bit standard like Amelia Diamond is getting you know things published in Man Repeller am I just bitter because I haven't been published in Man Repeller yes I think I am anyway moving on it was a really funny article actually she's a very good writer Amelia is I don't know who she is but she's she's fantastic um so the third question okay I have it on my phone here here we go okay hi can I ask a question please no rush on getting back to me nor do you even have to obviously well that's very polite thank you very much but of course I'm getting back um I like to actually I generally reply to all messages that come in on on Instagram unless there's something you know like I don't reply to every single person who is just saying oh I got that top in Topshop you know I'll I'll reply and say thanks but I won't necessarily enter into conversation every single time but I was thinking this morning the only time I don't get back to somebody is if they say something that is offensive to me like for instance I'm just going to go in and have a look here what's in my inbox um or in my um request folder so I have a message here saying you are oh no please stop doing mad angles where you have crazy high arch eyebrows girl stop it we all use the odd filter here and there but sure look who are we hurting I heard some great advice last weekend what would happen if you took the advice you gave your clients okay A I don't have clients don't know where you got that but anyway um, and B it, well she starts off by saying you are so beyond stunning in your last grid post please stop doing other crazy other mad angles where you have crazy high archy kind of alien looking eyebrows so it's like here's a compliment but also you kind of look like an alien in your last picture now that I haven't gotten back to because oh and she also just says I hope that doesn't come across as begrudgery or hatery the intention was defo the opposite and she also said she loves the podcast. Um, but I kind of, that kind of, ups- not upset me, upset is the wrong word. It kind of made me be like, do you know what? I'm actually not going to reply to that. Because, I mean, I don't want to have to defend my using filters. And I don't want to have to reply to someone and get into a conversation about, you know, body dysmorphia. Or the fact that I absolutely hate what I look like on the front facing camera. And that's why I use filters. And the fact that like the other day my doctor told me I need to lose weight or you know what I mean like I just uh, like I have obviously like everybody has body issues and things that they don't like about themselves I absolutely 
despise looking at myself in the front facing camera. And if I am to exist on Instagram and chat to people and talk about my day and whatever, filters are just necessary. And I mean, I don't, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not trying to sell. I'm not, I don't do any sponsored content or ads or anything. So I'm not trying to sell you skincare. Obviously I'll recommend skincare because that's my job as a beauty writer, but like I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not doing anyone any harm. I'm not making someone buy into, you know, the f- nobody's get being hurt by the fact that my face is filtered, that my skin is so- softened or smoothed out by a filter or that my eyebrows. No, actually, I do kind of have quite high eyebrows as it is. Um, and I have a very expressive face. So my eyebrows would be quite high. And also I have Botox. So that holds them up there quite nicely. Although I haven't had it in months and I'm really starting to notice the difference bad buzz but yeah that 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 message I just I was kind of like I'm probably not going to reply to that because I don't want to get into that conversation now obviously hello I'm after getting into the conversation on the podcast for 10,000 people to listen to but do you know what I mean it's that sort of thing <sighs> where was I okay so the question I'll go back into my my folder okay so I saw your restaurant pick I don't know what that was oh I was in a restaurant and I was dining solo and not drinking okay I was listening to the podcast episode about not drinking and the bit specifically about the arguments part. I would love to cut alcohol out. I've recently been quite anxious and alcohol definitely makes it worse, especially the following day. But I think it would cause arguments. For example, when going out for meals, if my husband is drinking wine or beer and getting drunk, I'm worried that that will annoy me and we eat out quite a bit. Do you ever think it's okay Or did you ever think it was okay to ask your husband not to drink every time you go out for food? I feel bad saying it though, because until recently, the wine was one of my favorite parts of being out for a meal. So I don't want to take that away from him. I know he would, but I don't want to take the fun out of her for him. Does that make any sense at all? Happy New Year. Well wishes to Maisie. Well, look, anybody that wishes Maisie well, I'm going to love you from the get go. So thank you for that message. And I will, I will give your well wishes to Maisie. Maisie is my dog, by the way. Um... And I have to say, I've never asked any partner of mine not to drink. I've never asked a friend of mine not to drink. I've never, I don't have a problem with people drinking in my presence. I don't have a problem with drunk people or um, that it annoys, it, do, it doesn't annoy me. So that's kind of different because you were saying that you worry that by your husband getting drunk, it might annoy you. Um, and sometimes my husband doesn't drink when we go out and that kind of like sometimes I feel a little guilty so in fact all the time I kind of feel guilty I feel a little bit like would he be drinking would he be having a better time if I drank and I often lament like we're, we're in a restaurant and I'll say I wish we were real adults and then we get a bottle of wine and share it over dinner because that's not something that I've ever ever done I've never ordered a bottle of wine and shared it with my partner so um I do understand what you mean. What you mean about like that would it, it would cause arguments, um, and that if you if one person gets drunk and the other person doesn't, I feel like I have built up because I've never drank. I feel like I've built up a tolerance over the years for for drunken behavior and for drunkenness, and I will admit that you know we do have arguments when one of us is drunk and the other one isn't because when you're drunk you make silly comments and say stupid things that don't make much sense, and if everyone else around you is drunk you know, you might either agree with each other in your drunkenness or have a fight in your drunkenness. But one way or the other, the next day, it's all going to be forgotten about because Osher wasn't everybody locked. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
but that's never happened to me. So what I what I te- what tends to happen for me is that I'll have an argument with someone, and then I'll say to myself, I literally have to say to myself, Ashling, they're saying that because they're drunk. They will not want to talk about this in the morning. They will not feel that way in the morning. They do not know that what they're saying is completely nuts. Um, and so that's kind of the way I look at it. So I just take a deep breath and let them go on a rant, let them say what they have to say. And generally I try to agree with them, um, which I wouldn't in my, nor- you know, I wouldn't normally. But um, yeah, I I have never, I personally have never asked my husband not to drink. But if it is a thing that you're considering cutting alcohol out alcohol is a big thing a big part of some people's lives and you know you're saying that you eat out a lot which means you probably have have drinks while you're out a lot and what I would say is you know this person's your husband sit down and have a chat with them and be like look I'm thinking about cutting out alcohol how would you feel about if we had a date every week where we didn't drink or you know and kind of open up the conversation because you you don't know like your partner might be like look it doesn't bother me that I if I don't drink or you know if you if if both of us aren't drinking I don't mind not having a drink or maybe I'll have non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic wine or you know and still have that feeling of 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 being drinking and, and being sociable and that kind of thing and like in Ireland especially drink culture is it's everywhere and you know society is kind of structured around you know pubs and things which is wild but it's just it's just what the case is um, so it might be that, you know, you're worried about not feeling as sociable or feeling like you're you're having the same indulgent night out or whatever. But like you said, you go out to eat a lot. So it's not even like you go out and go to the pub every day. It's that you're at restaurants. So just, you know, go to somewhere, have a glass of 7-Up instead of a glass of 7-Up and gin or I don't know what drinks people drink. But you know what I mean? Like gin and tonic. There you go. Instead of having gin and tonic, just have tonic. Or instead of having... Um, alcoholic beer have that like weird zero percent beer, um, which to me still looks and tastes like beer. Um, I think it's disgusting actually, but you know, um, yeah, I think that's that's the only advice I can really give is to like just have the chats with your husband and be like, look, what's the sus here? This is kind of what I'm thinking. I kind of want to give up. Um, I kind of want to give up alcohol. And how would you feel? And will we? you know it's it's make it makes my life better because I'm less anxious and I don't have like the fear the next day after I drink and all that kind of stuff and really there's quite a lot of people that I've heard of and seen lately that are you know considering giving up alcohol and um so there's so there's a lot of a lot of people out there making that decision um and so just yeah have the chats with your husband like he's your husband for a reason I'm sure you get along really well and you know you go out for dates the whole time so I'm sure you're like best pals and just be like, look, how do you feel about this? Would this bother you? Does this bother you? Will we do this? Will we do that? And make sure you make it clear to him that when he's drinking, it's fine with you. But, you know, can you kind of have some occasions where there's no alcohol or whatever it is that you want? Just communicate it to your husband and have the chats. Keep the conversation open. Leave him space to have his opinions. Leave you space to have your opinions and just see where you go from there. Um, that would probably be my advice on that so now that I've spoken for I don't know how many minutes that is but it's close enough on an hour um I don't have any words left uh although I am actually going to record another podcast after this I'm a guest today no I'm not a guest today but I'm a guest at some point in the future I'm recording today for Caroline Foran's podcast owning it and on that I will be talking about my experience of OCD 
which is something I've actually never, ever spoken about before, ever, uh, apart from with my therapist and my husband. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm kind of really nervous, actually, which I'm not normally. I don't normally feel nervous about these types of things, but I actually am really nervous. So that I, I'm sure I'll share it on, on Instagram when that episode itself is coming out. And I might see with Caroline's permission if I could share it on Patreon. Um, for Patreon users I'll have a look at that and see if that's something Caroline would be up for um, but other than that I hope you enjoyed today's episode I hope you enjoyed listening to my um, I was going to say dulcet tones but that's that's giving myself compliments so I'll just say my tones <laughs> for the last hour and thanks as always for all the support oh and actually I want to this week now we've been kind of floating we we, we, did, we did well in the Spotify charts we got up to like in mid 50s but in the iTunes chart there's so much bloody competition there's so many really good podcasts out at the moment um, that we're falling down in the chart and we're better than that guys so if you want the, the thing that helps the charts isn't listens we're still getting the same amount of listens so everyone that loves podcast is still loving the podcast but I, the thing that helps you on the chart on iTunes is new new subscribers and likes and reviews so if you haven't already reviewed the podcast I think I have like 400 and something which is absolutely unreal and I'm so like happy and proud of that fact um but if you haven't reviewed it or if you haven't gone over and like given like a star rating um if you wanted to do that today that would be fantastic or at, at some point at your leisure and likewise if you want to recommend the podcast to someone send them the link or put a swipe up or do whatever it is um because I really really appreciate it and the the more people that listen the longer this can go on for and the the better caliber of guests that we'll have and you know all that kind of thing um so I really would appreciate if uh, if you shared it with someone that hasn't already listened um yeah that's it that's my begging over so until next week thank you so much again for listening um stay safe have fun goodbye Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.